Hello once the second half of this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson and I'm here talking all things over the Devils with Paul Parkin and Manchester Evening News Rugby League journalist Tom Ramwell. So we're going to start with the news that broke on Wednesday night. Devil in the Detail So, Salford Devils announced that Andy Ackers has signed a new four-year contract to stay at Salford Devils. Fantastic news for everybody, the club, supporters, and also Andy himself. Really sends a message out to everybody that, obviously, now we've got our spine signed up for long-term. What do you think, Parker? Great news. Yeah, what, what great news. Unbelievable. To tie such an important player down again for another long-term deal. I know we mentioned on the podcast this week about Jack Armand-Royd and obviously Brodie Croft being being on long deals and and that's the future of, of how deals are going to be done at the club, the security it gives the player and the club as well. But Andy Ackers, I mean, what a star he's been. You know, I, I mentioned last night on the on the pod that, you know, he, he'd worked so hard. He, I think he's massively underrated even now, even with his England caps. He's, he's a fantastic asset for our club and, and someone that you, you, you help build your team around with that spine of Ryan Braley, Brodie Croft, Mark Sneed, Andy Ackers, Ollie Partington now, people like that. You know, what what a time to be a Salford fan. Such a bright time at the moment and and full credit to the club for, for doing this. I mean, it takes a lot to tie somebody down for this length of time. You, you know, the money involved and that you make you know, you are taking a risk, you're putting yourself out there and saying, you know, this this is our future. But absolutely magnificent and delighted. Big fan of Andy Ackers. And yeah, you know, I see the Salford Reds are rising. Tom, what's your thoughts? on the Andy Akers four-year deal. It's another example of the great work the club's done off the field in this off-season, managing to tie down the key players for as, for as long as possible. And coming on the back of the Brodie Croft deal, and with Ryan Bradley having signed a long-term contract as well, means the spine of the team is, is locked in for the foreseeable future and, and hopefully beyond. Obviously, with Mark Sneed having signed a three-year deal, that he's, he's only one year through as well. It's great work from for me and Blease and, and Paul King to, to get all these contracts done and, and the boost it gives to the club two days before the season starts is, is massive. I think it's a great reward for Andy in, in terms of his performances and the way he's developed as a player, dropping down the leagues and coming through and he, he was rightfully rewarded with the spot in the England squad for the World Cup and probably should have played more than he did during that tournament. He, he's in the form of his life and everyone you talk to at the club talks about the impact he has on and off the field and what a great guy he is to have in the dressing room so I think it's just a fantastic boost for the club and it's great to have him his future locked in for him personally but also for the club and the team to know that they've got a front line hooker they can build around and they can rely on for the next four seasons yeah Lots of exciting things happening so for the Devils the, the next bit of news is new kit announced Parker you're yeah. modelling it for the uh, 150 year celebration a flat a, a retro yellow black is it brown as well Parker you're wearing it talk us through it for our people no, listening red, red, red uh, and brown black Apple Podcasts or Spotify red amber and black going back to Cavendish Street mm. way back when it was their original colours before they they moved over to the, the right side of the ship canal the other one, and, and then eventually changed the colours Another wise choice, if you ask me. But it's a brilliant kit, absolutely superb. I'm delighted we've gone with it. I really am. The, the, for a centenary, it could have gone with anything. I'll just rehash something from the 80s again or whatever, but I'm glad they've done this. This is 
I, I saw a mark of not just respect for the people who set the club up, but you know, it's, it's a nod to our history. I know a lot of people have said, "Oh, I'm not getting that." It looks like Dewsbury or Bradford or whatever, but that's you're kind of missing the point if that's what you think. I mean, I remember when, I, I'm not a United fan, but I remember when they went back to that Newton Heath kit, that yellow and green one, sold like hotcakes. Now it's their symbol for getting rid of their current owners. It's, it's what makes you different. Is the originality of it? I, I think it's brilliant. I think it's a great design, uh, and I must say, DX3. Superb. I uh, I ordered it Saturday. It arrived today. No messing about. I thought I was going to be waiting a couple of weeks or something. So, no, absolutely delighted with it. It's, it's brilliant. And like I say, I mean, being a bit of a sad on history buff, it's, it's right on my street. And I don't, I don't buy replica kits generally, but this one had to come. They'll be dancing in the offices of VX3 tonight, Park, <laughs> after that glowing recommendation. Tom, it's, yeah. it, you know, it's fantastic. You know, what a great shirt celebrating, you know, Solver's history. You know, it's going to be a, a fantastic campaign to hopefully promote the club, promote the shirt and, and move forward. Yeah, I think it's really good to have, you know, the anniversary shirt and the, the nod to the history and the legacy and, and different things. I think it's really good. I think, to be fair, I think, all three shirts they've put out so far for, for the season are, are really smart, really good shirts. I don't know how much credit people should be giving to. I think put, put sponsors and stuff, but I think, I don't know whether, but Selco, whether they've had any input in it or whatever, but allowing that logo to almost be slightly less in your face this year, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's sort of like, not, not fades into the shirt, but it's more part of the shirt rather than stuck on the front. I think any kit where you can sort of make that happen always looks a lot better. Yeah, I think I don't. I don't want to say much about about you know in terms of like setting yourself whether you can see yourself in you know the big games in those kits and different things. But like, I, I don't know. I always think you mentioned Parky about but not being United fan. I am a, I am United fan. Wayne Rooney used to talk a lot about before big games he'd ask the kit man the night before what kit they were going to be in because he wanted to visualise himself in that kit and I think these are the sort of kits you can see walking out of the grand final walking out of the challenge the, the, the big games whereas I think in recent years I think that's not quite been the case with some of the Salford's kits it's all about visualisation that's what it is picture yourself wearing that shirt Lifting the, the Super League trophy at Old Trafford. Just focus on it and, it and it comes true. Other things that have come true. Other news, Sulphur Devils Foundation have been busy this week. Parking, they've been in Stockport and in Altrincham hosting uh, rugby league tournaments for schools. A massive, obviously, pushing the local community to grow the game. They've also got a community club um, programme where they grow the local talent Hill and Langworthy Red so I think it's kind of a really great for them I think they do a fantastic job don't they in the community helping the community and promoting the, the game as well and also they've got the Touch Rugby at Caddyshead on a Monday and Eccles on a Tuesday so they've got lots of fingers in different pies and it's great moving forward Yeah I, you mentioned there two, two areas of, of Greater Manchester and Cheshire or whatever that, that probably untapped Mm. Very much so. In certain, you know, in talent. I mean, I've, I've said it a lot of times, and I said it mainly about. I think I mentioned it with the the, the, the link up with the copheads the other week about the American, you know, American athletes, and so, they're not all going to make their 
their favourite sport, you know, that they've trained for. Some of these guys in, in, in the States obviously go to college in uni or whatever to, to go just to be an American footballer or a basketball player, but th they'll fall short. There's only so many players you can ever have. Although it, it does seem in American sport, you can have as many as you want. I'm not, I don't quite get it. But in rugby league, that's, that's not the case. But I, I think, you know, a lot of kids will grow up in them areas playing football, maybe rugby union as well, because, you know, it's quite rugby union areas. But they, they might not get that chance and they might not fit. They might not, you know, the thing is rugby league, any shape or size, you fit. You know, I mentioned the other week about, you know, the legend of Rob Burrow, size of him, and yet what he achieved as a rugby league player, I mean, that doesn't make a difference. So I think you can always fit in a rugby league, and I think that's something that seems to get out there. And we can we can pick up some of this, this you know, this talent that's not going to make it to wherever they want to be, or maybe get, get people to change their mind about sport, what sport they want to play, because... I don't know. I think for me, once you've watched and played rugby league, I don't see why you bother watching too much other sport, if I'm honest with you. I know I'm biased, but I, it's brilliant to play and unbelievable to watch. So, yeah, no, full credit for the family. We, we mention them every, every week, don't we, about the work that goes on behind the scenes at the club. These things, it wouldn't get reported that much elsewhere, but the good that it does for the club, even just getting the name out there, people know who we are. You know, in other areas of the region, and that's what we need because you'll pick up support as well. So if you don't want to play the game, you can just come and watch it. Thoughts, Tom? No, I think final point there, Bag, is, is more for me is that it wasn't. You could do all this, and you know, you work with schools. You, you might get a superstar in a few years' time. If things you you might bring one in, but what you could probably do much shorter term is get a load of kids interested in rugby and get them down to the AJ Bell watching a game and, and different things. And I think, you know, when you're operating on the margins that Salford are operating on, getting a, a family down, you know, a, load of, a few families down who, who might never have gone to a game otherwise is, is vitally important. And, you know, I've, I'm sure you've probably told this story before on the podcast or, or a lot of the your listeners will, will know anyway, but like Ian Watson only got into rugby league because a teacher school told like told him about it and then he went down he, he ended up at Eccles it was like it's that sort of thing of, of in schools you were to pick it up and you know I went to a school in Wigan and we didn't have a rugby league team we didn't play rugby league as part of the school curriculum what? so what? <laughs> yeah uh, but you know the, the rugby club did come into our school and they did do bits with us and that, and that thing. And I think that's where, like you mentioned, like, these are areas that aren't going to be rugby league heartlands. They're going to be, you know, predominantly football. They might be union, they might be things. But the benefit of, of rugby league, I think, particularly for kids at a young ages, it's just, it's easy to understand and play. Like, I've played rugby union and I played for five or six years, and I still don't understand ten percent of the rules. I don't think like it was just an overly complex, ridiculous game. Rugby league just isn't. It's the same skills a lot of the time, but but it's nowhere near as complicated, nowhere near as difficult to play. And you know, when you want to go out and play with your mates or whatever on a field or, or whatever it is, you probably play touch rugby. Well. In rugby union, they play a lot of touch rugby. That's just rugby league because that's all they do. Is, is, mm. is, is you know, you take the rook in the morning now, it is just it's rugby league, isn't it? Touch, touch rugby. Is. So, I think 
getting out into the community, like we said, just making people think about rugby, whether they think about it as a potential career for themselves or a sport they want to play for themselves, different things, or just something they want to watch and they want to be part of and support. There's no negative side to it. There's no downside to it. As a club, if you've got the the, the people who can go out and do that and you've got the, the resource to dedicate to doing that, then I think there's only positives to come from it. I think the biggest story of coming out of this podcast, Tom, not the Brody Croft seven-year contract, is a school in Wigan that doesn't do rugby league. Then it fell <laughs> off my chair then. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I have no... I, I don't know why that was. Oh, yeah. I think, but we didn't have a, uh, a rugby league team. No. Wow. Wow. Final... Final bit of news, Parker. One of our ladies, Brogan Evans, got a first cap for the England Community Lions on Saturday. They played England DSE and won 22 points to 18. She's been a fantastic player for us last season in the Championship and obviously deserved her call-up to the England Community Lions. Yeah, it's great to see, isn't it? In such a short space of time that mm. we've got the girls coming out of the team that they're inter- with international honours 12 months ago. I think we've probably just about played our first game. Yeah, friendly against Swinton. So how far they, they, they developed in 12 months, it's incredible. Really excited for this year, actually. I mean, the challenges ahead are, are huge for them. But no, well done to her. Brilliant. It's, you know, it's another one to go on our list of of rep players, you know, gaining honours while at Salford. Um, yes, she did really well. I mean, the number of girls in that team could, could easily go on and you know, in the next year or so, do that. I think they just need a bit more recognition, a bit more coverage, and and you know they'll get they'll get spotted. I hope they don't get spotted too much. We don't want them leaving and going off to other clubs. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to this year. And she, you know, she, hopefully, Brogan and the rest of the girls can you know can achieve at least even half of what they did last year. It'll be another great year. Yeah, fellow podcaster and commentator Dave Parkinson, who was there, he was he was our eyes on the game, and he said she did really well. Thought she was dead solid down the middle, you know, worked hard, and you know, it was no surprise to me when he said that. I think she's fantastic. Uh, and Tom, you know, the ladies' game is growing all the time, and, and now we're obviously sort of have a, have a team in the in Super League too, and have the momentum to obviously push on from there. Yeah, it's, it's another aspect of Salford as a club where they're, they're making strides, they're making progress, and it's it's. Just another, I think another reflection of, of what we've said a lot throughout this podcast is, is about the club getting things right. So, you know, there's been periods in recent history where things, particularly off the field, they didn't get right and they didn't get a lot of decisions and, and different things. And now, you know, I think the way sport across the, the, the world is going is that you don't just have like a headline men's team you know it's the Salford Red Devils brand is is the men's first team it's the, it's the women's it's the foundation it's the academy it's the reserves they're all Salford Red Devils and I think you know the stronger you can make each of those component parts the better the whole is and I think you know the progress in each of those areas should be celebrated and it's I think if you're a if you're a fan of Salford and you've only watched the, the men's team then I'd encourage everyone to go out and watch the, the women's and I think a lot of the games I've seen have been really entertaining mm-hmm. kind of rugby you'll find a lot of people who new to the sport perhaps find it a little bit easier to follow the, the, the women's game just because it's sometimes there's a bit more 
bit more skill in terms of, it's not just physical sometimes it's not it's, it's, I've heard a lot of people who remember rugby league before I started watching it say it's what rugby league used to be like 20, 30 years ago before the wrestle come into it and, and all that sort of thing so I think you know there's, there's plenty of reasons to get to watch it and get, get around it and support every every team that plays under the, the Salford Red Devils banner get out and support them yeah, so that's all the big news come out of the club this week. And now we'll see what's happening in the world of rugby league with Whiteside's world of rugby league. Right, here is this week's Devil of the Detail World of Rugby League. We'll start off this week with the Youth and Junior Leagues. On Saturday, the 11th of February, just one or two results have played. So it was Sunday, actually. Waterhead Warriors 22, Shawcross Sharks 12. That was in the under-18s round two. In the under-14s round two, Lee Minor Rangers 50, Rochdale Mayfield 10, and Salford City Roos have beat the home 52-0 by West Hull. Fixtures this week, there's one game on Friday, the 17th of February, in the under-18s. That's Saddleworth Rangers against Featherstone Lions. On Sunday the 19th, in the under-16s, round two, Salford City Roosters face Stanley Rangers and Lionhurst Lions face Rochdale Mayfield. In student rugby league, on Wednesday the 8th of February, there's a couple of results. Manchester Met 30, Sheffield 18, Manchester 30, Leeds Becky A10, and Huddersfield 24, Salford 8. The fixtures in college rugby league this week, uh, Salford Red Devils A face Oldham 6 form. And the rest of the fixtures this week for... The student rugby league in the Northern Conference Cup is Manchester against Huddersfield and Manchester Met versus Newcastle A. And there's also a fixture in College Rugby League, Salford Red Devils against Furness Raiders and Carmel face Oldham Six Farm. In the quarterfinals of the Battle of the National Cup, it was Hairspinch 18, Castlewood Panthers 0. In the semi-final draw, these games will take place on the 18th of Feb on Saturday. It's Siddle against Waterhead Warriors and Hayes Finch against Drillington. In French rugby league results for the weekend just got it was Limoux 20, Albi 24, Pierre 20, Lesignon 27, St. Estevez 13, Catalan 26, Carcassonne 30, Toulouse 30, St. Gordon's 18 and Villeneuve 32, Avignon 26. The fixtures for this weekend coming up, it's Albi against Villeneuve. That's on Saturday, along with Carpentras against Carcassonne. St. Estier versus Avignon is also a Saturday game. The rest of the games are played on Sunday. It's Entregay against Lazignon, Ferrells against Pierre, Les, Les Curie against Limoux, Villa Galhenk, Aragon versus Toulouse, and Villa Franche against St. Gaudens. Those games and the Coupe La France Lord Derby. So, a big cup competition in France. We'll keep you abreast of those next week. Well, it was a big game for St. Helens in Australia on Saturday. They faced St. George Illawarra in a pre-season warm-up game. They won that game by 30 points to 18. Tries from Dodd, Wilby, Makinson, Lussick and Lewis Ritson as well. Their new signing from Barrow. So, big game coming up this weekend for St. Helens over in Australia. They face Penrith Panthers in the World Club Challenge. That kicks off at 7 o'clock on Saturday morning, the 18th of Feb. That's on Sky. I think it's on Channel 4 as well. So, uh, you've got a choice there for that one. The fixtures. Sorry, we'll go for the results first, actually, from the Betfred Championship. Uh, round 1 game was played last Monday, it was Keithley nil, Featherstone Rovers 50. Round 2 games from the weekend, Barrow 16, Sheffield Eagles 36, two tries for uh, Chris Wellham in that game there. Batley Bulldogs 16, Swinton Lions 30, big win for the Lions on the road. Featherstone Rovers 46, Halifax Panthers 22, Toulouse Olympic 58, Newcastle Thunder nil. Whitehaven 16, London Broncos 20 and Witness Vikings 26, Keithley Cougars 18. The fixtures for this week in the Championship. There was a game between York and Bradford that was on Monday night. I've not got the result for that one for you. I've, not, uh, I've been busy at work. I've not seen my phone. 
Thursday the 16th of Feb, Warrington face Leeds in the opening Super League game of the season. That's an 8 o'clock kickoff on Sky Television. On Friday, Lee Leopards face Salford Red Devils at 8 o'clock. Wakefield Trinity face Catalan at half past seven. There's a game in the Championship on Friday night. That's Sheffield Eagles against Batley Bulldogs. On Saturday, the World Cup Challenge, as I mentioned, Penrith against St. Helens. That's a seven o'clock kickoff. Hulkingston Rovers face Wigan at one o'clock. That's on Channel 4. Toulouse Olympic versus York City Knights in the Championship. It's a five o'clock kickoff. And in Betfred League One, London Scholars face Workington Town. That's a three o'clock kickoff. On Sunday, the 19th of Feb, Hull FC against Cass. Tigers, that's at 3 o'clock. In the Betfred Championship, all these games are 3 o'clock ones. Bradford against Widnes, Featherstone against Whitehaven, Halifax Panthers against London Broncos, Keithley Cougars against Newcastle Thunder, Swinter Lions against Barrow, and the Betfred League 1, it's Doncaster against Hunslet, Midlands Hurricanes against Cornwall, and North Wales Crusaders against the Dewsbury Rams. Well, last weekend it was Challenge Cup Round 1 action as well. I'll give you the scores from that. It was Brent, Wood Eels 34, Bedford Tigers 24, the British Army 12, Ashton Bears 28, Distington 4, Oral St. James 16, Doncaster Total Bar 24, the RAF 36, Edinburgh Eagles 20, Saddleworth Rangers 30, Featherstone Lions 6, the Great Britain Police 20, Preston Warriors 38, Hill Trojans 22, Hammersmith, Hill Hoist 8, Dublin City Exiles 42, Hull Dockers 54, Ronda Outlaws 10, London Chargers 38, North Hearts Crusaders 12, the Royal Navy 28, Barrow Island 16, Skurlar 16, West Warriors 26, Stanley 38, Milford 4, West Bowling 30, Waterhead Warriors 12, Westgate Common 36, Crossfields 18, Wigan St. Pat's 22, Ince Rosebridge 30, and a couple of games on Sunday as well, Hewitt 22, Alton Raiders 6, Jarrow Vikings 3, 26 might and Warriors 40 so the second round draw these games will be played on the 25th and the 26th of February it's might and Warriors against Lee Minor Rangers West Warriors against London Chargers Hull Dockers are at home to Midlands Hurricanes Ashton Bears face Dewsbury Rams Fryston Warriors are at home to Stanley Workington Town entertain Ince Rose Bridge Rochdale Hornets face London Scholars Oral St James at home to the Dublin City Exiles Rochdale Mayfield have got a heck of a trip they're travelling down to Cornwall Hunslet face Hewith Siddle play West Hull, Brentwood Eels plays the Wathbrow Hornets, North Wales Crusaders face the Royal Navy, the RAF are at home to York Acorn, Lock Lane face West Bowling, Great Britain Police have got the Westgate Common, Hunslet play Pilkington Rex, Doncaster face Oldham and finally Saddleworth Rangers face Thato Heath Crusaders. That's all I've got for you this week, take care, have a good week and hopefully I shall see you on Friday night at the Esports Village for Lee Leopards against Salford Red Devils. See you soon. That was Whiteside's World Rugby League and now we'll look forward to the big game against Lee on Friday night. So, so for Red Devils face Lee Leopards and it's going to be exciting. Tom spoke to Paul Rowley in the pre big pre-match press conference. This is what he had to say. Coach's corner. Hi Paul, how are you doing? Hi mate, yeah, good thanks. So, um, obviously the club confirmed the deal, uh, the news of Jack Armandroy's new deal yesterday. I'm pleased you to, to have that sorted and, and, and another cornerstone impact for the season, a couple of seasons ahead. Yeah, really good. Um, Jack's been certainly since I've been, he's been very, very good. So um, he's he's a big athlete, and, and yeah, we were obviously again, as I pointed out, 
with the Brody one. So retention's a, a big part in, uh, in in any you know in a succession, I guess, of uh, you know getting stability within the club. So yeah, it's a good signing. Obviously, you mentioned the Brody one there, and that sort of caught the headlines a little bit with the length of contracts and, and different things. But it's been noticeable that with the the signings that you made in the off season, the new deals handed out, there's two, three year deals. Looking beyond that, how important is it to have that stability and, and be able to plan? more than just one season ahead as a club and, and different things. It's not something Salford haven't really had in recent years, isn't it? No, uh, it's really important. The succession's really important. And, uh, you know, it's probably, I spoke about this quite a bit last week, um, the infrastructure is, is is another, the succession is another, and obviously finance is another. So uh, we've certainly got one of those three uh, and, and, you know, and the others are work in progress. So uh, it's a step in the right direction. Uh, it's not a solution to every problem, but it's a step in the right direction. And and, and I think if you look at all the successful clubs over the years, uh, and take St. Helens, who are obviously the most successful, they've got an infrastructure there, pathways, etc., that provide them with the conveyor belt of talent year after year. And, and so, yeah, it's huge, uh, it's a huge factor in, in going forward. And that extends from the playing group and obviously yourself and Kurt signing those deals over the off-season as well and just having that that st- stability your previous roles pathways and different things can you see all this coming together now and being um, just probably small building blocks towards the sort of future you want to see for Salford well uh, hopefully IMG put a minimum criteria in for all clubs which they should do uh, and, and the pathways and the things that are in place now from the good work, uh, from, you know, people in the background like Chris Irwin, John, John Fearless, Stu Wilkie, etc. Um, is is getting things ready for when we can have a pathway. Our pathway at the minute, you know, is unlikely to to provide us with anything sufficient enough to to start running out on the on the the field with the first team. Uh, you know, but but it's it's the blocks in place, the infrastructures in place that. When we can have a full pathway, then then uh, you know it's 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 ready to to start working, and then you know over several years, you know you should bear some uh, fruits of your labour come to fruition. So um, it's uh, it, it's not one to you know get overly carried away about at the minute in terms of providing players, but um, but the building blocks are in place uh, for for when we get that green light, or you know when we're able to have a full pathway, which is. You know, really, really, I think any club who's been successful over the years, and there's probably eight genuine clubs there that have probably tick up that whole pathway, infrastructure, succession, and finance, all them boxes, uh, which is what we've got to aspire to be. Talk about the progress off the field and things making. Um, on the field, I know you've said you've got a few injuries and you probably won't be able to pick. The seventeen really like to for the kickoff season, but how are you feeling about the season getting underway and where the squads are ahead of the the opening round? Yeah, just numbers is an issue straight away. So you know we we we, we couldn't have named a team on Monday. So uh, on week one, that's not a healthy position to be in. But uh, again, that goes back to the other contributing factors we spoke about: <laughs> your infrastructure and your finance, etc. So, um, but yeah, so I'm looking forward to getting the season started. Get get up and running. Uh, it's going to be a, a great a great first game, with wonderful atmosphere, um, and so yeah, um, yeah, we're looking forward to it. You've got have you got a mix of short and, and long term injuries? There, how long will it be before you get sort of the team you want out out on the field? 
Yeah, well, we've got 28 players. Uh, we've got one player off with long-term sickness, so we've got no return. So effectively, we've got 27 players. We've got two players who are a long-term round five, round six, and the rest are all round three-ish. So uh, we'll probably, I think we've got 21 um, players to choose from, uh, 19 of which are fit. So round one's not healthy, but uh, that's the that's the excitement of coaching, uh, you know, you know, and supporting Salford. It's uh, it's it's a roller coaster, but you know, when we get our best boys on, we've 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 got a good team, and uh, that everyone in our squad's more than capable. And round one being at Lee, obviously a club that that means a lot to yourself and Kurt, some of the players in the group. How does that rate as a as a spectacle to kick off the, the Super League season? Yeah, there's a lot of crossovers in both directions. You know, Ed Chamberlain's there, who's with us, been with us at Salford recently. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a really good game. Close neighbours. Um, I know that they'll support it really well. Uh, Salford will go there in big numbers. Lille will be in big numbers. So, it's going to be, you know, a cracker, really. It's, uh, it's not been a good hunting ground for Salford in previous years. I don't think they've won it um, at the Sports Village. So, uh, you know, it'd be good to get that monkey off our back if, if uh, you know, so we'll be uh, trying to, to to do that, I guess, achieve what we've not managed. So you spoke to Paul Rowley. Tom, what was his, what was his mood like ahead of the big game? Yeah, I think uh, positive, really. You know, everyone's raring to go, aren't they, at the start of the season. I think, as he's said there, he's he's not going to have the, the 17 players he, he would like to to name this available through through injury and and, and and things you know he's got you've got Dan Sardinson's long term illness away from the club so it's, it's an indefinite thing there you know there's a couple of long term injuries and then he said the rest are around round three for a return so it's going to be a case of perhaps getting through the first couple of weeks with the, the bodies available um, and then seeing we'll go from there. But it's it's like what we said earlier. I don't have any qualms about any of the the 25, 26 available players getting in and, and playing in, in those games. And what what Paul did confirm is that you know he's one six seven nine will be as you expect. So you know that's going to be the, the core of the team on on Friday night. And you know every everything we saw last year shows that that's a force to be reckoned with. That's I would be willing to have an argument that that spine's as strong as any spine in Super League mm. um, so I think you know it becomes a lot easier to say that when one of them is the reigning man of steel but I think I would have had that argument at any point last season as well so I think there's that to build on there's some new faces we'd hope to, to see you know and get a game there I think what will be interesting is what does anyone know what to expect from Lee? Really, like they, they've they've become, you know, they've done well last season, got promoted. It's a different squad again compared to that, and you know they're in a position where they've got a lot of of new bodies who perhaps need to to gel in the relationships between them. On paper, they've got some some big names, a lot of Super League experience, some big NRL experience. I think, you know, I think we've seen at Salford that being a big name in the NRL, being a big name in Super League doesn't always make you the best best fit or the, the best performance. So I think it'd be really interesting to, to see. The one thing Portal did bring up is Salford's record at least Sports Village and it, it, it not being great. And obviously, a few of the times, 
he was on the opposite side of that. So it was. Yeah. I don't know if he was quite happy to mention that because that get that gets re- reflected on, on him in a positive light. But he, he, you know, he's suffered through and through now, and it's something he wants to to bring it into. So he wants to go out there. You know, there's a lot of or there's a core of the squad and the coaching staff who know what that club is about, who know a lot about what that club and different things. So I think it's going to be a really, really intriguing contest. I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be a really good good game. I would hope Salford would have enough for it not to be that close a game, if that makes sense. But yeah, round one's a bit of an unknown, isn't it? So you can see where everyone's at. But yeah, it should be, it should be a good game, I think. Yeah. Parker, like Tom said, our away record isn't great at Lee. It's going to be a big day. Their first game as the Leopards. We've got 1,800 Sulphur fans going going down. Um, really, really important. Obviously, the players don't get caught up in the atmosphere and play the game rather than play the atmosphere. Because obviously, being that first game, it's going to be a really you know gung-ho kind of game, I think. Yeah, I think to start with... I agree with Tom. I don't know what to get from the league. They, they, they play a very open, expansive type of rugby, but you can do that in the championship. They'll be very careful doing it in the Super League. It only takes one error and it's, you know, it's game over. It'll be blood and thunder from them. I'll tell you that, because Uncle Deck will have had him. I'm sure had a word with, with the coaching staff to make sure that they come out fighting. They'll, they'll be up for this. This is, this is massive. I remember a few years ago when they played the first game, when they came back up, they played Wigan and they nearly turned them over on that first day, and everyone is expecting Wigan to steamroll them. And it'll be the same. The atmosphere will be cracking. When it comes to that, realistically, our players, certainly in the back end of last season, played in front of big, decent crowds and big you know, big numbers. It shouldn't bother you. Shouldn't, I mean, to be fair, you should put that to one side. You're on, you're on a square of grass and you just got to go and play against the people opposite you, whether you're playing, you know, for Folly Lane under eight. So whether you're playing Super League Grand Final, it's just, the same thing. It'll be interesting to see from what what Tom said there about you know and what Paul said in his interview about what players are available. I would easily say if if we had our best seventeen, if if that was possible, fully fit, I would have no fears whatsoever. None. Uh, I'm not saying it wouldn't be close, but I just think we'd have too much. With players missing, anything can happen. So depending on that, but I think it'll be—I think it'll be a really good game. I think it'd be one of them games that you, you won't mind watching as a neutral. I think as, if you, as a fan of either club, you're gonna, we're going to hate it because I think nerves are going to be just so prevalent. You know, first night there'll be drop balls, there'll be mistakes, there'll be plays that won't have worked out quite right because you haven't enough time to rehearse and whatever else. And like I say, and there's always that unknown of a refereeing decision that's going to be taken into account, but. It's going to be an absolute, an absolute belter. The atmosphere will be great. Well done to Lee for for what they've done for you know boosting the game up. You got mentioned last night in between the Merseyside derby uh, on the football, Lee and Salford. So you know that's that's pretty high profile. They've got scouting for girls on. I don't. I, I'll be honest with you. I know one song. I think, but I'll just keep singing that. Um, but yeah, it'd be it'd be a good night. Really good. I'm 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 really looking forward to it. It's not just the gap in between the end of last season and the start of this season. It's it's this one game. I think it's massive. So, yeah, it should be good fun. Score prediction, Tom? Ooh, um, 28-12. Salford. Just throw behind that. Yeah, I think it'll be a fairly 
close game, but I think that I would hope that Salford would have enough about them to just just prove that extra bit of quality and that extra bit of experience. I know, I know we talked about Lee having a lot of experience, but it's not it's not collective experience. It's not experience together. It's not that uh, as a team at the, at the minute. I think, but like I said, it'd be a close game. I could see it being a couple of moments of magic. You know, maybe a Brody Croft, maybe a Ryan Briley. You know, you know things. But I'm I'm with Parky in that at this this stage we don't necessarily know exactly who'll be in that squad. Barring, like I said, Paul confirmed he's one six seven and nine will be there. I think he said that both Ken Seal and Adam Sidlow will probably be named in the squad, but they've got no chance of playing just because that's where he is at the minute, where he's got probably. 17 or 18 fit bodies and he's got a name of 21 man squad I think so it'll be a case of the, you know we probably won't know even from the 21 man squad what the likely lineup is mm. until until they name it and confirm it on, on, on Friday night but I would still like to think that whatever that whatever 17 take the field they, they should have enough about them and, and again for me the big thing is the consistency again we've talked about them spine positions some of the big players they're the same guys who were there last year. They've had an extra preseason to build to relationships together, what the coaches want them to do. Lee haven't got any of that. There's players who, you know, joined at various points of the off season. The sort of new signings coming in all the time, you know. Admittedly, they've probably got their spine probably similar to what it was last year with Lockie Lamb and any Pacway and stuff, but I don't know if the relationships and the connections between the players who take the field on Friday night will be as strong as they are for Salford. Hopefully we'll all be parking in, in Nando's when he gets his pr- prediction right, Parky. So what's it going to be? Oh, God. Oh, yeah, I know. So, uh, I, I, think it'll be, I, I think it'll be fairly close. I really do. I just don't... I don't see us... I, I think it'll be a nervy night. Um... I'm going to go with Lee 14, Salford 23. 23, 14, nervy night. Nervy night. Hmm, so, I'm thinking Salford will come out of the blocks and spoil the, spoil the party. Uh, all the singing and dancing and the noise of the off-season, the bubble will burst on round one. So, I'm going to go Lee 10, Salford 36. Well, I'll settle for that. 36-10, Paul rallies team match on to round two to face OKR so what a podcast this has been really really enjoyed it lots of great chat big thanks for coming on Ton you've been amazing well thank you very much for having me really enjoyed it yeah another great show Aki really enjoyed this one and obviously all the excitement you know building up to the the start of the Super League season and uh, we're nearly there yeah, yeah, I've well, got my ticket, got my shirt, got my flag. Hey. Three days. I can't wait, mate. I can't wait. I've really enjoyed tonight, Tom. Absolute superstar. Brilliant. And uh, yeah, let's hope that this time next week we sat down ready to discuss uh, our second win of the season. Mm. Yeah, big thanks for joining us. Don't forget, if you want to buy us a, 
a coffee or a coffee uh, me paul and parker you can do that via our social media you know big thanks for the you know the donations in the last week uh putting in plans in place to to grow the co- the podcast even more so keep your eyes on on that over the next few weeks and, and big thanks for for tuning in this week's devil the detail podcast i'm rob Parkson. you can find us on facebook devil the detail srd fans on twitter at ditd srd and fans on soundcloud itunes radio contact spotify and youtube good luck reds Let's bring it home.